Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I've got two members of the band called Soons with me in an alleyway. We're in the downtown east side, so this interview could get really, really interesting. So, but first, guys, I'd love each of you to introduce yourself and what you do in the band. Uh, my name is Joseph Yarmish. I play guitar and bass. My name is Max Henry. I play keyboards in the band. Hi, guys. So as we were walking to this interview, Joe, you were talking to someone about a double rainbow, and it was the cutest conversation ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Charlie. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's a four-year-old son of mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was his first double rainbow spotting, which are quite rare. I've heard he told me that, and uh, he was pretty excited about it. Very colorful. So at the age of four, how do you experience music with him? Uh, you kind of just play... A- a song and he usually tells you to turn it off uh if it sounds kind of like a robot he tends to dance to it but other than that he doesn't like it yeah (laughs) max would you ever babysit absolutely charlie is like the cutest and one of the brightest kids uh, i've ever met and and roscoe too is no slouch he's the who's roscoe who's roscoe yeah you know like the other guy yeah yeah joe's other kid yeah roscoe All right, how about we play a soon track? I'm going to play Paralyzer off your latest record, Hold Still. So, Max, why don't you tell me a little bit about this song before we hear it? Uh, Paralyzer, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I guess we, it's kind of a Massive Attack vibe on this tune. And uh, for those who don't know, what is Massive Attack? Massive Attack was uh, kind of a seminal trip-hop band from, where were they from? From Bristol. Bristol. Bristol, just like the rest of them, 90s, very cool. Uh, we listened to a track that was kind of a reference as we were finding this tune in the studio. It was a Massive Attack song. Recently, we've discovered that not all members of the band actually like Massive Attack, but there you go. We all, we all like the song, this one. So, I want us to hear the song, but I kind of want to know who in, the, who in the band is a Massive Attack non-liker? I'll, 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 why don't you take a guess? And then, and then if, you, if you're right, I won't tell you. And if you're wrong, I also won't tell you. But you can, you can wager a guess if you like. It's a game I can't win. I love it.
the interview show this is scott wood your host you just heard the track paralyzer off the record hold slash still by a band called soons from montreal i have two of the members of the band here with me i've got max and i've got joe joe i would love you to tell me a little bit about this song paralyzer was a song that we had been working on for i would say two years and it went through multiple arrangements etc to the point where we stopped playing it and gave up on it and then we sort of left it until we walked into the studio, and the guy who made our record uh, helped us sort of find it um, in the studio. So it's one of those songs that uh, rarely does it happen for us, but it, it only worked out when we tried to record it. Otherwise, complete disaster. So I want to get to a lot of the stuff you sort of brought up a little bit later, but first I would love to talk about a band having a song that they keep but can't get done and then leave it because that doesn't happen yeah. a lot well for us it does we we have like a bag full of them um honestly uh we recorded a lot of tracks uh, 17 or 18 songs for this album and uh uh and that we we did that almost for every record we've made so we we we, we have all these songs that we've kind of i don't know hopefully one day will come out but yeah that for us it happens like we just we try to road test a lot of songs uh, live before we record them and uh, sometimes they just kind of get old before we even make it to the studio so we we kind of move on yeah i don't know what other bands do though <laughs> i guess what i find interesting is the holding on to the songs and coming back to them yeah, I think we find that interesting too. I mean, sometimes it takes a, a while for them to like brew and uh, um, ferment almost, you know, and uh, which can be a nasty process that yields good stuff. Did you want to weigh in on that? What happens is you get a tune and uh, you're trying to work it, you end up playing it so many times that you become familiar with it. So anything that is a change from what you're familiar with is odd it's like an uncanny thing people don't like to change so you end up just playing the same thing over and over again that's why tunes tend to die you know that you just kind of you, you can't think of anywhere to go so that's why what was nice about revisiting it several months later was it was unfamiliar to us because we'd kind of forgotten about it and it was 
gave us permission to change it. So I was reading an interview with Ben, your singer, that you guys took some time between records to work the new material, like we've sort of been talking about, and it gave you time to think about these songs. So what he was talking about is you guys went on tour and were working on the songs while on tour. Now, I find this fascinating, so I'd love you guys to talk about this process. Well, I mean, even once we put down a song, we've always been a very live band, and even when we put down a song in in the studio, that's just one moment that that song exists for. The songs that we have from the new record as we're playing them now are quite different already and it's only been you know a few couple months we have tunes we kind of get them down basically in the rehearsal space and then we play them live and things slowly change every night and if one of us does something that everyone else likes after during a show it'd be like yeah that was that was great you know keep doing that maybe i can support it with something else and the the songs continue to evolve that way so let's get specific then and talk about a song where somebody did something one night on stage and you were like, that was awesome. Let's keep doing it. Oh, good question. Oh, that's, that's, I think uh, maybe an obvious one um, is a song called uh, Translate that is a song from 2007 <laughs> originally. Uh, and it's gone through a lot of uh, transformations. But the beat as it is now came from Liam, the drummer, just he's like this is what I'm doing now and it's like craft work uh, not craft work but like canny like sort of kraut rock uh, beat and it just shifted the whole tune into this other dimension to where it is now and we recorded that song for every record uh, up until this one and it's the first time we put it out so it and it's, it's because it, it, it changed like especially the drums it gave it like a, a good energy whereas maybe before it was quite boring so I'm gonna play translate I'm gonna play the version off hold still the latest record but before we hear that how about you guys describe to me the most significant ways that this song was different when you recorded it for the previous record which I guess would be image de future yeah the drum beat was different, the synth uh, sound was different, the melody was different, the tempo was different. <laughs> but I guess what I'm looking for is a little bit of detail, so when we listen to what was actually the final song that everybody loved enough to put out, so they can be like, oh, okay. Well, I don't know, you know, like, we, we, we it's not that we love it enough to put it out now, it's it kind of arrived at a spot where it's alright, you know. I don't know, it's not like, like one thing happened and we were like, ah, there it is, that's the tune, because... There's no end point for a song, you know. Songs can keep changing until the end of time. Whether you're happy with it or not is up, up to you. So I don't know. I, I, it's, I wish I could think of something where we kind of unlocked it like a key, but I can't think of anything. Well, I mean, like, if you really want to go deep and nerdy, uh, if, you, if you can find our first EP, which I think is on uh, Apple Music, there's a song on there called Optimist, and that technically is Translate, and it's... You, you, other than the lyrics being the same, you'd be like, okay, this is a different song. But that was the starting point, and it's gone through a couple steps to where it is now. And it's, essentially, the melody is completely different of what everyone's playing, different chords, and yeah, everything's different except for lyrics. But there's like, you know, five steps ahead of that, and then there's five steps ahead of that one, and then you arrive at Translate. Hence the name Translate. Ah, so that's where that came from. All right, so we're going to listen to Translate, but before, I'm going to clarify that if you want to hear the older version of the song, you want to listen to a song called Optimist off the first EP, which is Zero's QC? No, it's before that. It's called Zero's EP. All right, then. So now let's listen to the final... Let's listen to the Translate version of the song.
Wood, your host. You just heard Translate off the record Hold Still by Montreal band Soons. I've got two members of the band here with me. I have Max and Joe. We just heard Translate, the song that took eight years to finish in quotation marks. That's right. What a what a journey it's been. <laughs> <laughs> You're a completely different man now. Yeah, I feel, uh, yeah, I, you know what, I'm like, I feel like we battled that song forever, so I'm happy we won. Mm-hmm. You know, it's out. I like that way of looking at it. All right. So, Hold Still, it's your first time working with an outside producer. I would love you guys to introduce the producer by his name and then tell us about one particular work he did that you really liked. Uh, well, his name is John Congleton. He's an incredibly talented uh, uh, musician and engineer and producer in Dallas, Texas, where we recorded with him. He worked on this Chicago band called Disappears. He worked on a bunch of their records and... All four of us, it's one of the bands that we all really do like and really like the records. And he got to really showcase his talents on that and do kind of what he wanted to do, which I guess is rare in that. And that band, you know, really recommended working with him. So it, it pushed us over the edge, uh, made our decision quite easy to work with him. And as we were discussing with him about maybe moving forward on a project, he was working on the last Swans record, which is incredible and sounds really, really, really good. But he does such a breadth, of, such a variety of things. That, yeah. And for people who don't know, Swans are? A, a band from, where are they, from New York? New They've York. been around for a long time, at least since the 80s. Yep. Incredibly punishingly loud uh, these days, very repetitive, incredibly darkly poetic lyrics. Uh, Michael Gira is the lead singer. Really wonderful, seminal kind of, I don't know, post-punk, I guess, in a way, band. Good. So Ben said that while working together that John encouraged you guys to be bold. Sorry, he encouraged you to make bold and uncompromising decisions. And this was making you not smooth out the edges. So I'd love you to talk about one compromise that you could have made but did not. Well, uh, there's definitely, like, you know... A lot of the performances, especially on my end on guitar and stuff, aren't perfect. And I I could see a lot of people not having them be on a record. But it's we kind of were going for an overall vibe on a song rather than having every performance be perfect. It's more of like how we approach uh, playing live. So it it felt very natural to us when... Like we're, we knew when the song was kind of ready. Also on that note, uh, John kind of works really fast and 
he's so talent, like skilled and talented that he can work really fast. So he encourages uh, you to not perfect things. Maybe because of the timing, but also because he just thinks like the more you overthink something, it's it gets worse or diluted. So he he really like reinstilled this almost like punk philosophy to recording records and almost not improv, but kind of trusting your first uh, instinct and just like moving on and you, you have no like option after that mm-hmm. yeah agreed i think it's a i think it's a wonderful philosophy i've quoted him many times on this and it's one of the most uh useful th- things anyone's ever told me about being creative is try the, don't be ashamed of your idea try it as soon as it comes to your head you know you'd be a fool not to bring it up um anything is worth pursuing for at least 10 minutes and if you find you that you're not getting anywhere in 10 minutes move on to something else you guys went to Dallas to work with John, and you were working a traditional work schedule, 10 to 6, you guys have been saying. So at the end of the day, you said you guys went home, went grocery shopping, and cooked each other dinner. And I think that sounds sweet. So I would love to know, when it was your turn, what you guys prepared. Oh, oh wow. I can't remember yeah, now. Good yeah. I remember when that was. Yeah. Oh, man. That's... Uh, well, who, I, I Ben is known for cooking the bird, so he probably went... Some sort of roast chicken, and it's probably amazing. Um, Max made, um, I think it was a, maybe not spaghetti, but some sort of noodle like that with seafood. Like a, like a squid calamari oh. sauce. Is that Liam? Yeah, maybe. I think you did it. Tell us more, Max. Oh, jeez, I can't remember. Uh, I, I really can't. But, I mean, it was like it's such a joy to be able to, to do that. You know, we had a house we could cook. Like, we all love cooking. Yeah. So, uh, since you can't remember, why don't you tell me about a dish you would love to make for the band at one point in the future? Oh, good move, good move. All right. Here's a great one. But you need a pasta maker. Is that fair? Yeah, I, fair. Like, one. like, homemade pasta is incredible. Just, it's so easy. You just, like, flour, is like, equal parts flour and water, I think, maybe an egg. It's been a while since Definitely I've done an it. egg, of course. Yeah. yeah. And you work it for 30 minutes, and then you run it through the machine. Yeah. And then you can do almost anything with that. You know, yeah. Like, get a good uh, San, San Marzano tomatoes, canned San Marzano tomatoes for your tomato sauce. Yeah. Just, like, a bit of garlic and cook it for either a very little period of time, like about 5-10 minutes, or for a very long period of time, about 40-50 minutes. Like this. I don't know. You can't go wrong. This is good, man. This yeah. is like cooking with Max. Uh, so, okay, you're making your San Marzano. Yeah. What kind of wine are you going with on that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, like, a Sangiovese grape. Like, uh, I'm just uh, yeah. just riffing here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now, Joe, what did you make? Uh, what did I make? I probably made something amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what would I have made? That's a very good question. Honestly, I have no idea, so I'll make something up. It was probably, like, Alaskan king crab. Really per- done to perfection, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Down I in think Dallas, so. they get yeah, really it either, nice. It was either that or the Cordon Bleu. I can't yeah. remember no, both. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We were there for like 21 nights, so it was yeah. a lot of meals. Joe, you said you liked this work schedule because if you said, if you record in Montreal, the beers come out at 6 p.m. and then so you go to somebody's apartment, and that's why I enjoyed recording in Dallas. Yeah, that's true. It's absolutely true. Uh, you record in Montreal. It's, uh, for us, really fun because we live there, and it's very easy. But, yeah, you're, you're you know, what was it, 6 o'clock was my quote? Uh yeah, they probably beers probably come out earlier than that, and yeah, the night you might make some regrettable decisions on the work front. So, yeah, for us it was amazing to kind of I don't know keep a straight head through work and then be able to walk away at six and come back. 
What was it like to do music essentially as a day job? It was great. We all agree that it was amazing. It's awesome to wake up and not have to... We were there to work because we felt like we flew down to Dallas. We're spending all this money to be there. So it was good to... It, yeah, it just made us feel like we were taking advantage of the time we had there. I think it's time we listen to another student's track. I'm going to pick an older one. I'm going to play 2020 unless you guys want to veto me with your own choice. But it has to be a track off an older record. <laughs> no, that's a good one. 2020 is a great one. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it as I bring up the music? Well, it's got a descending uh, guitar slide line. It's a uh, 4-4 beat, uh, <laughs> F. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like our. Uh, a lot of people uh, who are new to our band, who are listening to our band, it might be maybe the first track you've heard for, uh, from us. And uh, it's definitely our, one of our most popular songs. Uh, and you're about to hear why.
Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track 2020 by a band called Soons, and that track is off their record, Image de Futur. I've got two members of the band here with me. We had Joe talk about it before we heard the track, so that means it's Max's turn. 2020. Yeah, I mean, definitely, if that's the song that if you don't know anything about our band and you've heard one song, that that will be it. It was in commercials, uh, it's been in TV shows, and... They're such zombies, these people that put this stuff out that as soon as one person gets it, everyone else wants to put it in a TV show. So it's been in a lot of stuff. It's been very nice for us. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool jam. We people like like to hear it. We like to play it. What was your favorite thing that this song has been in? Oh, I mean the Nike commercial with Kobe Bryant. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so guys, after the Vancouver show tonight, you're going to be driving down the road doing the West Coast. How does it work in the van? Does the person who drive get to pick the songs? Uh, that's how it should work on paper, right? But that's definitely not how it works, I guess. Uh, it's whoever, I don't know, whoever has, like, seized control, basically. It's like a very, like, alpha personality-based <laughs> system. You know what I mean? Like, you just take it and you do it. I don't know. Take it and do it. What do you think you will be listening to on the way down the coast? Oh, man. What do you uh, we, we do some podcasts, but music-wise, uh, well, what do you think? What's new? What's cool? What's, what's a yeah. cool thing to say? I don't, I'm trying to go like... I know that Liam is really into Lorenzo Senni right now. Is that right? Am I saying that name right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I've got a couple of his records on my, on my phone now, which is really amazing stuff. Back in the day, we used to rock a lot of Paul McCartney. <laughs> we... Seriously, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean... And uh, we did an ACDC. We just did all, all the ACDC discography one tour. I mean, I, when we're on the West Coast, I like listening to Spiritualized. It's kind of appropriate. Um, but We're in an alley, and it's very active. There's somebody wheeling a dolly by with nothing on it. Man, he's got to grease those wheels, man. He's got to do something. That was very, very loud. So anyways, you were talking about stuff you were listening to down the road. Yeah, Spiritualized is a good one. I don't know. Uh, but anything, James Taylor, we were just checking that out. Jazz. Jazz, a lot of jazz these days. We're listening to a lot of, like, kind of Lee Connets and Keith Jarrett, that kind of thing. Yeah. A question from the audience. Do you want to share my thought? No, no, thank you. Okay. okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a good system. Is... I'm a bad interrupter, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you, like, hit, go to a city or something, like, and try to find, like music that comes from that city maybe that's kind of interesting uh also you know like southern california do like yacht rock thing yeah because you're kind of like near the sunny like you know like marinas and all that stuff i was actually watching an interview with the two of you guys and they were asking you about music that you liked and you said that you guys have gone through many many phases because you're not new to music and you said that that might be why your music is so eclectic so god that's yeah, wow, wow. So interesting, wow. I'm going to try to make it interesting. No, I'm joking, it, I'm joking. It made me think of this thought, though. I would love you guys to tell me about the last phase you were in, because you were talking about going through phases of music yeah. that you like, and I think everybody does that, yeah. and get hardcore nerdy about it. Mm. Oh, that's a good... I mean, yeah. I don't know, what was the last phase? Like, I mean, I, honestly, I go through phases of not listening to music. <laughs> but, like, but my, my jam now is, is jazz, and I think that I'm going deep into the ECM catalog, Keith Jarrett, kind of like European quartet, quintet, quartet, record called Personal Mountains, Keith Jarrett, really amazing, I, I think it's at the 80s or maybe late 70s, 
That would be my deep cut suggestion. Joe. Uh, just we're looking for deep cuts. Uh, oh, whatever, just aphasia in and um, I don't know. You know, what? I, like I've actually been listening. To, my favorite record of the year is by Julia Holter, and uh, it's man, what's it called? It's like Into the Wilderness. I don't know the name. I'm bad at the title, but I've listened to that record maybe a hundred times, and it's her best record because she was. I don't know, her albums didn't seem to really gel for me before this one, and this one is like a really well-crafted um, record. Man, I wish I can give you titles, but I can't because my brain doesn't remember titles. But uh, yeah, I would say that whole record as a... <laughs> no, that's not what you wanted, but... Maybe just describe what type of music she makes in um, detail. Yeah, she so she plays piano um, and... Maybe just hold on for a second. Pause. <laughs> Yeah, she plays piano and she has like a like a cool, like amazing band, a jazz drummer, jazz uh, bass player, and a, another like violist backup singer. And yeah, it's like it's kind of it's like almost like chambery, but there's jazz influence. It's like kind of like a Joni Mitchell, like, you know what I mean? Like it on the surface, like if I was just to like name it, it's like not really what's cool like in the music scene i guess but there's something about that record that i just kind of does has nothing to do with like any trends it's kind of like she really just found herself on this record and her singing's amazing and her songwriting is like really really good right you guys you have a career making music i don't think you need to worry about being cool no no it's not that but it's like i've like i know like a lot of people it's easy to dismiss kind of like certain things because they're not you know, whatever. And even, like, for her, I was... It took me a while to get into her, which not, that is why I kind of like her, because, uh, like, it, I don't know. I just, like, one day I was like, wow, this is amazing. I didn't, And I don't know why. I didn't like it before, you know? It was kind of... I just maybe didn't think about it enough or something. But it just hit me one day. That was amazing. And just a word to that, the coolness comment. I, I, I feel like just to get the record out, you know, for anyone that's interested in be, being involved in the music industry or being in a band, whatever... The band is probably the least cool people in in any given music industry type situation. Everyone else is way cooler than you. The audience is way cooler. The band. I mean, if you're still cool, if you're like, yeah, everyone else is cool. We're just we're just you know chilling. Well, I'm gonna politely disagree. I'm gonna say the bands and the audience are both cool. <laughs> so I want to talk a bit more about music. I was reading a review of your latest record, Hold Still, in Spin, and they said that the record was twitchy, and she was comparing you to Twitch games, which demand quick thinking and fast reactions, which is basically the opposite of strategy. So I thought that was kind of a nice comparison. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I, it's hard to say because you know, games have an, an, an object. You know, music doesn't have an object. So it, it's. I feel like people will probably interpret the music in any number of different ways uh it's hard for me to say because we all this music we know it we know it naked we know it's skeleton you know we your, your point is amazing but this car's coming out and i don't want you to get hurt <laughs> amazing it's like this corner is like a set piece of like hidden things that were about to happen wow <laughs> why if you stand on any corner that's gonna be you were saying oh yeah no i mean like the it's hard for us as guys to have, having had written the songs and having performed them so many times, our perspective will never be the same as someone hearing the song for the first time. Because 
we don't get the opportunity to hear the song for the first time. We make it, and by the time it's done, we've already heard it a thousand times. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's totally a cool way of, of thinking about the music. I haven't thought about that myself, but I can see why, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, do, we definitely get like a lot of words d- describing us as like dark, sinister... Uh, uh, you know, whatever nightmare-inducing, all the stuff like uh, seizure-inducing stuff, <laughs> and I get it. Um, it's we, we again. It's kind of like how we made the record, which is why I'm pretty happy with it. It's just like we didn't soften any edges, and we don't really do that live. If anything, we enhance that sort of aspect. Yeah, we don't make like comfortable music. It's just not what we do. I think that's a great place to end it, guys. Thank you very much for spending some time with me in this very active alleyway. <laughs> Um, at the end of the show, I usually let the band pick one track off the latest record. Uh, Brainwash, that's uh, that's uh, a little... That's mostly from the mind of uh, Ben Shemi, that song. Like, m- maybe the most on the record, I'd say. Yeah, it's like... Uh, that's like the biggest... Like, uh, it takes... The, like, the elements come from the farthest apart possible, and then they, they come together at the end. It's like pretty guitar, really quiet. Uh, like, sine wavy synth... And you know something impen- like doom is like pending. Ominous. Yeah, it's yeah. this ominous cloud. And then, it, yeah, we really push this like sort of dirty, you know, heavy beat thing in the studio. And yeah, it's kind of like the it's like the most raw form of the philosophy of our band, and, and like there is. So, all right, Max, do you want to say anything about brainwash? No, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I love playing it live. It's so fucked up you know it's it's always nice to witness people reacting to it
of Yarmish from the band Soons and uh, you are definitely listening to the best show called The Interview Show with Scott Wood. Oh, I don't know if I can top that. I think that's that's pretty decent. Do it. Oh. Hi, this is Max from the band Soons and you are definitely listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. (laughs) 